and welcome to After Class, the podcast about life beyond the classroom. I am your host, Silvana Molinas, and today with me, my guest, is Gina Irazo, a full-time college administrator here at St. Thomas Aquinas College and a part-time health and fitness coach. Let's give a big warm welcome to Gina, everyone. How are you, Gina? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited for you to be here. I'm very excited to be here. Listeners, you might, you probably don't know, but I've been following Gina for a while <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> Honestly, fitness goals, fitness oh, inspo right here. I can't. I get so embarrassed, but at the same time, it's kind of just like, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it must be. I mean, you really are uh, very good at what you do. Oh, and very thank inspirational. You. And we're going to get into that now. Yay. So we'll start off pretty uh, pretty smooth, pretty quick, and pretty easy questions. So just first question, when did you graduate and what was your major here at Stack? I graduated in 2015 with um, a degree in business administration. So pretty basic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then what do you do as your full-time job? And uh, how did you hear about the job? Um, oh, so long story short about how I heard about the job. Mm-hmm. I was um, applying to the MBA program here. Mm-hmm. And I asked a few of the people that I used to work uh, here with, like Mr. Hewling as an RA in my undergrad years, mm-hmm. to write a letter of recommendation for me. He then offered me a position as a residence life professional oh. to live on campus um, while getting my master's. And I'm from Queens, so obviously that was going to help me a lot yeah. more. So I like kind of took it. Like I was just running with it, even though I had a job at the time. I was like, all right, I'll move there. I'll, <laughs> I'll do it. Um, and then I was a grad assistant for Danielle Cobran. She, okay. she left us... Um, I think like last year yeah and she was working in the admissions office and she was the one that told that told me that there was an admissions position open mm-hmm. never considered myself to be in higher education at all with mm-hmm. a business degree so it was definitely something that was not expected but I'm enjoying it so what do you do in admissions um, I'm that person that reads the college essays the letters of recommendation oh, really? so yeah I'm the one that reviews applications of students mm-hmm. um, I do travel during the fall and spring season so I'm that person that stands behind the college tables at oh, college wow. like fairs and high schools um, and I just try to make the process for families as smooth as possible for you know whether they're coming to stack or not I just try to make it easy for them because I know it's like a really stressful yeah. stressful time choosing college is difficult yeah, especially for people with like first time students. So, so what's it like? I always I wondered. I always wondered because I know mm-hmm. you've mentioned on your social media that you do work at a college. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it like to work at the college that you went to as a student? It was tough in the beginning. Not gonna lie, because as I was working here, there were still students here that were my friends in oh. undergrad because I was on the track team here. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Obviously, I couldn't hang out with them as if we were just friends. I Mm -hmm. couldn't just hang out in their dorm rooms anymore. Um, So it did take a while to kind of get into that professional role and kind of just um, say, like, okay, I'm not coming to stack for class. I'm coming to work, my 9 to 5 job. So, um, But I do like it because you do see the – you know, the back ends of everything and just see how hard the school works to make it as best as possible for our students. Right. Yeah. So did it change your perspective on being here at Stack and the admissions process, things like that? It definitely changed my perspective and not in any type of specific way, more of just like how much work goes in the back end (laughs) of running a school. Like you kind of don't realize that there's so many different departments, so many Mm -hmm. working pieces. you know, because we're we're a small school, so we gotta we gotta make it work. But then also, it's pretty cool to see the back end of what our plans are for the next few years mm-hmm. and what's coming. So that's really interesting. Yeah. So what's it? What was it like being a residence life professional? Because I know what mm-hmm. RAs are. I have friends who are RAs, yeah. stuff like that. But I've never heard of that position. Yeah. So we're kind of like that that in between person between the RAs and then 
Mr. Hewling, okay. pretty much. So we're the ones that um, if they have any resident issues that they can't handle themselves, we mm-hmm. would kind of step in and try to mediate it. Uh-huh. Um, I also did judicial process meetings. So if students got in trouble, mm-hmm. I was the one that had to meet with them and kind of discuss with them exactly what the outcomes would be. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an interesting position coming from being an RA into an RLP because then you really do take on that um kind of an administrator role, but then at the same time, kind of like a mentor to these RAs because oh. it's a very difficult job. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are my two main roles is kind of just being that mediator mm-hmm. in between, you know, like let's say I had a guy RA that had a female problem in a female room. Oh. Obviously he's not going to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So I would be the one to step in and try to mediate that. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm a commuter. I never yeah. made it clear. So like I'm a commuter, <laughs> so I don't know anything about living on campus and Yeah, definitely like an that. interesting role. So you mentioned before that you had another job at the same time. Mm-hmm. What other jobs have you had since you graduated from staff? Um, so when I graduated, well, as I was a student here, I had an internship at a startup company um, mm-hmm. in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't go into the Man- Manhattan o- office very often, but it was kind of like just um, remote work that I was able to do online. Oh, that's great. Um, and then they offered me a full-time position when I graduated. It oh. was that was a difficult job. It was a startup company. They tried to make us sound like we were much bigger than we were, mm. even though we were a team of just four women working in a very small office in the city. But I was their sole marketing um, department, as mm. they called me. Um, <laughs> but So I was the one to get events up and running and get all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they ended up closing down, as uh, many startups do. Yes. So I went back to my Victoria's Secret job. Um, because I worked there during my summers when I went home for the for the summer season. Mm-hmm. They offered me a management position, so I've been kind of all over the spectrum a little bit. So right. yeah, I've had technically three jobs, and then my third job was a personal trainer. What's yeah. it like being a personal trainer? You have to get like certifications for that? Yeah, so you do, you kind of get to choose what certification you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally just started going to the gym near my house uh, when I left that job in the city because it did not allow me any time to take care of myself. So Uh, when I finally had the time, I said, all right, I need to get back to the gym. I need to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, I got myself a personal trainer. And then that's when I kind of started seeing the the job as what it it was. So um, you do take a certification test. I got mine through NASM, um, which is a nationally accredited certification you can get Mm -hmm. um and that was just recommended to me by my own personal trainer because it's nationally recognized and majority of gyms do take it that's good yeah so the real this is the the real part of the (laughs) the, the thing that i'm most interested in so tell me about your side gig your personal fitness coaching job yeah um so it's really awesome because i'm able to do it on the side completely on my own time Mm mm-hmm Um, And really, I got into it because when I moved away from home, I left my personal training job, left all my jobs in Queens, um, and I came here, I'm going to backtrack a second, when I was a grad assistant, Mm -hmm. I was working at a, uh, at Fit Body Boot Camp, which is like right up the street from us. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. Um, And that's when I fell in love with group fitness instructing, Mm -hmm. but the pay was not there. Uh, um, you know, not really getting compensated fairly in my opinion. And then also the class schedules were very tough to work with a full-time job. Oh, so course. I was on my explore page and simply just saw my current, my own coach, she was talking about the opportunity. And I said, you know what, like I need to learn more about this because mm-hmm. I do have a passion for health and fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very hard to make it in the industry. So okay. 
I decided to just go all into it. So I do coach through Team Beachbody. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever heard of it before. I have. Yeah. So like P90X. Um, we used to do yoga for P90X with the track practices here. Oh, really? Um, that was the only way I heard of Beachbody. I mm-hmm. never heard of it before that. Um, able to do it on my own time. I And I kind of determine my own paycheck. Um, it's really dependent on how hard I work right. on getting it done. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it. different. You're not just kind of... Uh, you're not secluded to just the sessions you're teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of able to work on it as, as hard as you want to. Right. Mm-hmm. I love the entrepreneurialism. Yeah. You it's get amazing. That. It's I amazing. Was, I think that's super adm- admirable. Thank you. So uh, tell me about a day in the life of an online fitness coach. Yeah. So, I mean, every day does change for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, my simple day-to-day tasks are responding to inquiries of people that might be following me on Instagram that are interested in my my boot camps that I run every month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, following up with people that have showed interest in the past, but maybe it wasn't the right time for them. Um, I check in with my own clients through um, an app that is through Beachbody, which is really easy and cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also coach my own team of coaches to do the same thing I'm doing. So I take on the fitness side of it, but then the business mentorship side of it, which is obviously way different from being a personal trainer. Like I'm actually coaching other people Mm -hmm. to mentor people within the health and fitness industry. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's something you started doing like after you were already being a coach for a while? Yeah, I definitely didn't start coaching people to become a coach until I knew exactly what they need to be successful. Right. Um, so I think I was really just focusing on building my clients um, mm-hmm. and getting them started right. And then I would say about five or six months into my own uh, you know, business, that's mm-hmm. when I started to mentor other people. Okay. So yeah. speaking of being into your business, how long have you been in this business? Um, since November of 2017. Wow. Um, so a little over a year and a half. Um, and I was living on campus as an RLP. Mm-hmm. I was totally lost in my own health and fitness journey, even as a personal trainer. So I think that kind of speaks volumes of how, um, you know, you could still be lost even as a fitness professional, right. quotation marks, because... You know, obviously, if people are struggling with health and fitness, like, I just want to be transparent and say, like, even professionals struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I found my own coach. I was just scrolling on Instagram one day, not doing anything productive. <laughs> um, so And, you know, she shared about the business opportunity, but then at the same time, a boot camp that she was running. And mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Like, I wasn't consistent at the gym. I wasn't really... I was clueless about what to eat and nutrition just mm-hmm. because surprisingly enough, personal trainers aren't able to give nutritional advice. Mm-hmm. It's like not even allowed unless you get certif- certification in oh. it. Um, so I was totally clueless on what to eat even as a trainer mm. coming from, you know, a student athlete background. Mm-hmm. Literally, you could eat anything in sight and feel okay. And then when you graduate, <laughs> that is not the case anymore. So um, I just went all in on it mm-hmm. and I... I fell in love with the process, and that's when I knew I had to share it with other people. That's amazing. Yeah. So what were some of the early struggles you had with your business? You know, because not every business – Yeah. It's hard (laughs) to start a business. Yeah. I mean, obviously this business is kind of heavy on social media just to gain, um, you know, clients. I started – I started this with the Instagram that I had since college, which mm-hmm. only had like 500 followers. I was somebody that posted maybe once or twice every week, mm-hmm. not every day for sure. Um, so getting used to being um, transparent on social media was mm-hmm. definitely a struggle because I was a huge introvert. I mean, I still am, but in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so shy in high school and college, like 
painfully shy. So getting past that boundary was a little tough. Um, But then also just making sure that I'm coaching my clients as best as I possibly can while Mm -hmm. focusing on my journey as well. So um, I would say the biggest thing was just being as open and as transparent as possible on social media and then within my clients as well. Wow. That seems, yeah. that's like really hard, I feel like, on social media, being open and transparent, but also like yeah. being genuine. For sure. I, I kind of just try to use Instagram as like a diary at this point. Mm. I don't, I think a lot of people are straying away from seeing social media as like that highlight reel that we yeah. used to use it as, at least when I was in college. I mean, mm. I just posted the best looking pictures. Same. That was it. Um, and just cared about the likes, cared mm. about, you know, what was, if it was being seen or not. Right. Um, where now I just focus on trying to be that person that I needed mm-hmm. when I was struggling with my own health and fitness journey. Um, so I always try to use it as a diary. I try to be as, as open as possible. Um, and then at the same time, like the messages that I get from people are so nice. Obviously there's some trolls out there, but at the same time, like they don't have a life to be yeah. commenting and messaging. So <laughs> I just let it go. To do. Exactly. I just let it go. So I think the, the good, outweighs the bad in so many different ways on social media so how do you handle that sort of criticism i didn't even think about that like yeah you have a presence you have yeah. a certain follower base yeah. you're going to get criticism too yeah for just like living your best life yeah it's it's sad when it when you think like that but at the same time i always have to remember that i learned this so within coaching there's a lot of personal development that goes on mm-hmm. and i've read so many books listened to so many podcasts mm-hmm. um rachel hollis is like my girl i don't know if you ever heard of her but she's amazing and she's pretty much she, this always stuck with me is somebody that is not lower than you but somebody that is not at the level that you're trying to be right now they're the ones that are going to criticize you mm-hmm. the person that is at the level you're striving to be whether that is you know in a certain job or at a certain level in, in some company, they're going to cheer you on. So the the opinion of somebody that is trolling you or just being rude about it, it does not matter because it's not excelling you in any way, shape, or form. Right. Um, it was not easy to remember that. I mean, I get messages saying, like, you don't have to work out. You're already skinny. Like, you don't have to eat right. Just eat a burger. You need. I once got, like, emails saying that Somebody said that they knew me and they would see me at work eating lunch, but I wouldn't be eating food. Like, really weird things. That's weird. And I'm like, all right, but are you going to tell me in person if you work with me? Like, if you care that much? And they never answered. So, you know, you just have to remember that, um, unfortunately, hurt people hurt people. Right. So, you know, kind of just forgive, let go, and it's social media. What can you do, you know? Speaking of social media, I mean, we were speaking of social media. Um, how do you think your experience with the startup and your other social media experiences have really helped you with your current social media experience? Yeah, I think um, with with the startup company and being like the sole marketing person, mm-hmm. I was in charge of their Instagram. So that did help a lot with understanding exactly what people want to see on social media. Um, but the crazy thing is, is, I mean, social media has changed so much over the past few years. Um, Startup for sure definitely just gave me that mindset of just saying like, okay, you can start something on the ground up. You just have to be consistent every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, As much as I hated the job, honestly, it was a very stressful job that I was working. You know, my bosses never, never took a day off, always showed up at work, always put in the work that was needed. Of course. You know, even though it did shut down, it was in a very hard industry to get into. Um, It still showed me the work ethic that you needed Mm -hmm. to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Makes makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, how do you keep focused, and how do you keep yourself motivated in maintaining this business? 
Yeah, so um, it's it's really nice to honestly be a coach because a lot of people ask me how I stay motivated just to show up every single day, right. and it's because I have my clients looking to me for mm-hmm. that motivation. So I always say, like, if I'm laying in bed and I'm like, I don't want to wake up right now, I'm so comfortable. Like, Zoe is snuggling next to me, which is my dog. Um, Your dog's adorable, Yeah, by I'm the way. obsessed <laughs> with her. So getting up in the morning is so freaking hard. Um, but I always just say I have, you know, I usually work with about 10 clients a month. So mm-hmm. I say I have these 10 girls that are looking to me to show up. I need to show up for them. If it's not for me, it's going to be for them. And that usually trumps the feeling of not wanting to wake up in the morning. Right. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, just not viewing working out as the physical benefits of it, not focusing on the physical outcomes of it, but mm-hmm. more of just like, this is your body that you were, you know, you were blessed with and you were, you should be taking care of it and just treating it the way that it deserves to be treated, which was something I never did. Like, but when I graduated college, I did not work out, <laughs> did not eat right, did not do anything. So trying to make up for that. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I, I know that, um, when I would, when I was younger, I was like obsessed with losing weight and like yeah. working out and you just get so fixated mm-hmm. on this one thing. And you know, I, I think I'm a pretty hard worker and stuff, but like I wasn't seeing results mm-hmm. and like just my my body, I don't think just the way I, I I'm structured. Mm-hmm. I'm not I don't think I'm supposed to be hundred pounds, just the way I'm structured. And so like I was just focusing on that. Yeah. I wasn't focusing on like making myself feel better. Yeah. And I just never committed to those type of like workouts you'd see on like YouTube. And like I think you mentioned on your Instagram, like, oh, you know, the Pinterest workouts and oh my little God, yeah. like that little Instagram me. snippets. That you're like, Oh, I'm gonna do this every day, twice a day. And it never happened. No, because I think the sad part is, I mean, Instagram is saturated with workout videos that Mm -hmm. you can just save and they're going to be forgotten about. And um, what is really missing is, well, one, the feeling of just enjoying the process and not just focusing on the physical outcome, because Mm -hmm. that's when it's going to get really boring. That's when it's going to get very tedious. Mm -hmm. And that's when you're going to lose that momentum. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I focus on with my clients first is... You know, if they text me after three weeks and they said, I've only lost two pounds, I'm like, okay, but how do you actually feel? Like, mm-hmm. is, it, is this the first time you've ever worked out for 21 days straight? Wow. Most of them say yes. Is this the first time that you have been consistent in anything, like really anything? And they say mm-hmm. yes. And I say, that is a huge achievement. Take your after pictures because I'm sure as heck you look different from your before pictures. I could almost guarantee it, whether that's a bigger smile or standing up straighter, just feeling more confident. You really do see that in transformation pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I just lost track there. I forgot what <laughs> what I was saying. Just like I was getting motivated and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I was there with the Pinterest workouts. Mm-hmm. And really what what's missing is that feeling of doing it for the mental benefits but then at the same time accountability is missing right um which is why i personally needed a coach to check in with me every day for those 20 first 21 days of building this habit Mm -hmm. and i haven't looked back since i mean i've been doing at-home workouts since november of 2017 and that is probably the most consistent thing i've ever actually done in my life it's amazing yeah it's crazy i love love the holistic approach to it yeah it's a mental thing Mm -hmm. as well that's what was missing too as a personal trainer is i had so many clients just coming into that big box gym working with what i call the fitness bros you know like the (laughs) the guys that just care about lifting as heavy as possible and just you know taking every supplement under the sun Mm. um where really working out should be simple it's giving back to your body and just you know really thanking it for 
keeping you alive, you know? I love that. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So a few more questions before mm-hmm. we wrap up. Is there anything you wish you could tell yourself when you were first starting out on your, your business journey, on your fitness journey, everything? Um, I wish I started sharing my fitness journey earlier. Oh. Um just because people don't want to see perfection, mm-hmm. I think, anymore. And I think that's what I was aiming for was, like, I need to be in the perfect shape to start sharing this because I want to make sure people can see, like, what these workouts can do or, you know, uh, what working out at home can do. Where really I wish I shared, um, you know, the fact that my first boot camp I was traveling for admissions and mm-hmm. I was working out in a hotel room, which was something I never did before, um, you know, I was packing my lunch every single day, even though I was traveling, which was something I never did before. Um, so I wish I just started sharing my journey a little bit early on and not being so scared of what people thought of right. me um, because I was somebody that worried way too much about what people thought of me. Now I could care less, but I mean, in the <laughs> beginning, man, it was tough. It was very tough. Yeah, make, yeah, that sounds like it. Yeah. So it seems like you found your passion. For sure. And that's... Yeah. Honestly, like I feel like that's the goal for a lot of people, yeah. most people in life. Mm-hmm. So especially college students, I feel like me, I feel like we all struggle <laughs> to find that passion. Yeah. And I feel like personally, that I, I feel like I should already have it, oh, you know, yeah. even though I'm, I'm graduating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I should already know what I'm going to do. But you found out after, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of always knew I was not going to be somebody – that was meant to sit in an office, Mm -hmm. you know? But I was kind of just like, all right, well, what the heck am I supposed to do with this business degree? Mm -hmm. Like, I got this business degree. Like, I I should be working in Manhattan in a big sky rise, going to work in my suit, when that just wasn't for me. Um, So my recommendation, if I can give one, is really to just you know, get a, obviously get the job that you want to have or get the job that you might have when you graduate, but find something on the side mm-hmm. that is going to fill your cup. Cause that's what I wasn't doing. I was simply just waking up, going to work, going home, going to sleep. Fill your not, cup. Yeah. I like that. Not doing anything, not even reading a book, you know, and that's where I think I lost the drive to try to find something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but also at the same time, I mean, like, man, uh, if you told me I was going to be graduating with a business degree, working as a college admissions counselor, but at the same time <laughs> working on social media, like I would have said that's not going to happen. So I would say just welcome every opportunity that might be coming your way with right. open arms, seeing if it works for you. If it doesn't work for you, like you're not going to die from it. So just like <laughs> try it out and see if you, you know, find something that works for you. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, personal development books help me so much. I wish I read them much more early on. Do you recommend any off the top of your head? Yes. Um, I would say two of them is if you're more of kind of just like you need consistency, like if you need to work on consistency, The Slight Edge mm-hmm. is a really, really good book. Okay. Um, if you kind of just need like a smack in the face and kind of just say like, you know, get your ish together, mm-hmm. Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. Oh, yeah, I know that book. Bomb. I mean, like, I listened to it on Audible, and I think I got a little bit more out of it because you could hear Rachel talking and the passion that she has. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, that was an awesome book, and I'm actually seeing her this summer at oh our annual coaching event, so I'm so I'm so excited. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you also mentioned uh, – I'm, I'm keep mentioning your Instagram. No, because that's I've been fine, yeah. for so yeah. long. You've mentioned before that you're going for your MBA again. Mm-hmm. What's that? What's that journey been like? Why did you decide to go now? Well, so this is kind of where it all started was I was working at my startup. They closed down. I said, okay, well, I'm not going to work at Victoria's Secret for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do that. So my mom said, why don't you look into getting your master's again? Um, and this was, this was back in 
2016. So mm-hmm. a year after I graduated, I took a year off. I was not going straight back into school. That right. was for sure. Um, so really, that's what just kind of started this whole thing was like, okay, reached out for letter of recommendation, got my apartment, got my job, which led me to, you know, so many different opportunities. Right. Um, so, I mean, I still have three more classes to go. Oh, wow. Um, but the cool thing at working at Stack is they do pay for it after you work with them for a full year. Oh. So I waited, again, to work here for a full year. Mm-hmm. They do only grant you four classes for free per year, so I can only take four classes a year, which is why it's taking me a little bit longer to complete it. Makes sense. But at this point, I could I could confidently say I'm not really in a rush to get it right. just yet, just because, you know, I'm happy with where I'm at currently. That's good. Yeah. So what are you studying exactly? I know you can, like, specialize. Uh, just a general MBA. Okay. Honestly, I was kind of like, should I get it in marketing? I don't know. And I said, you know what? Like, I'm doing fine with just a general business degree. Like, I'll just keep it at that. Yeah. Yeah. And MBAs are, like, good for, you know. Anything. Right? They can just really give you that status. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, look, I know all this stuff. Yeah. Now. And I have the work experience to yeah. back it up. Absolutely. So that's great. For sure. Um, so... My last question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you. What advice do you have for other stack students that are like worried about life after college or concerned about how things are going to go? Yeah. Um, I would say take it really slow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it. I feel like we're always in a rush to kind of find that thing that we're going to be doing. Right. Um, where I kind of wish I t- just took like, even if it was just like two months off um, to kind of just like decompress a little bit, realize that you're entering the the real world, which is obviously scary but exciting. Um, but no matter what you get into, you need to find something that is going to take your energy in a positive way. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, um, you know, taking up reading a book, like reading 10 pages a day of any type of book or um, working out even. Like mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of us see working out as a punishment where I think we could kind of see it as a way to just decompress a little bit, whether it's a 30-minute walk or a jog or 20 minutes at home, Mm -hmm. just get something done. Um, And then at the same time, like, definitely don't think that you need to be knowing what you're doing for the rest of your life because things, like, things can change in an instant. Right. Um, You know, I heard that the average, I guess, millennial, which is what we are, changes career paths, I think, five times before finding. Like, that's the average. And I could, I mean, I've changed from three different jobs so far and I'm only 25 so (laughs) you know I've only been out of school for four years but I've changed my job paths three different times already wow so I would say welcome the change you know I think change is very good for some of us and also don't be scared like everything's going to be fine you're not you're not in danger if you change career paths like you're going to be fine that's something I'm going to take to heart yeah because (laughs) I'm graduating (laughs) yeah so and I don't think I don't know. I think I found my passion, but I have to pursue it, that kind of thing, you know? For sure. I mean, you have to get out there, Mm -hmm. first of all. Like, don't just wait for something to come your way. You do have to get out there. Um, And I guess another thing I could share is don't just wake up to go to work every single day or don't just wake up and kind of not do anything with yourself. Like, you have to wake up with some type of passion, Mm -hmm. some type of just drive to say, like, okay, if I'm going to go to this job every day, I'm going to be the best at this job every single day. Like, don't just go in, clock in, clock out, you know? Uh, I wish I did that for, like, Victoria's Secret. Oh, okay. You know, like, I, I felt like I was going into, like, just a retail job every single day. But really, when I looked back at it, I helped a lot of women within yeah. that job, you know, like, feel pretty and, you know, a new, a new like, set or something like that. I wish I kind of took that into account of just saying, like, okay, 
I helped a lot of women feel good about themselves instead of just clocking in, clocking out, and leaving. That's wonderful. So, like, any job that you might have, find at least one thing positive about it. That's great. Yeah. And with those words of wisdom, <laughs> we're going to end the podcast. Uh, I'd like to say thank you, Gina. Thank you. I'm going to plug some things first. So, follow Stack Career, Stack's Career Development uh, Facebook. We're at Stack Career Development. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stack Career Dev. That's D-E-V. You can follow me on Instagram at Sylvana Eve. That's S-I-L-V-A-N-A-Y-V-E. And you can follow Gina on Instagram at G-I-N-A-E-R-A-Z-O underscore. So Gina Arazo. I super recommend her Instagram. <laughs> love your account, honestly. Thank you so much. Love it. Love your stories. Oh, like my God. Everything. Thank you. I check your account like every day. It sounds weird, <laughs> but. <laughs> Somebody told me it's like their daily news. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> He's not just me. I know, I know. It's so, so funny. So check us out. Oh, also, we have a, a blog. I almost forgot. Uh, the Stack Career Development blog. We're at stackcareerdevelopment.wordpress.com. Again, thank you so much for coming in today, Gina. Thank you so much for having me. I love this. Thank you. It was great. <laughs> All right. Have a great day, everyone.